For Tillich, I gather, a secular person was one who looked within himself or herself, within our species, for whatever comprehension of the world is to be found, whereas the sacred mind, he often spoke of our sacred self, its search for meaning, looked toward the beyond, toward that another, that God, so often mentioned in our daily lives, that God, who ironically, Tillich kept reminding us, as had so many others before him, such as Kierkegaard most powerfully, has become such a part of our secular life. The pietistic reflex, more neurological imagery, as a purveyor of calm, of reassurance, of self-satisfaction. Here is Tillich word for word on that score. Church attendance for us can become a weekly social rite, a boost to our morale. Is that the secular mind in operation? I ventured to inquire. A smile from the professor. Yes, you have it there. I can still visualize that moment. Can hear his terse but original way of responding, of using colloquial English, of acknowledging an irony. Religious practice as a motion of sorts in the course of ordinary living as one more exercise of the secular mind. I can also remember myself sitting in a church a month or so afterwards, wondering, courtesy of Professor Tillich, what I was doing there. In fact, I was thinking of that class, of some of its moments, of the previously quoted words. Meanwhile, there was singing and praying and reading from Scripture. Even as I had put all of that aside to call upon, if not dote on, my own mind's past experiences as they continued in a church to exert their forceful pull on me. It was then, strangely, amidst all the architectural and aesthetic and, yes, substantive expression of the sacred, the stained-glass windows with their narrative message, the stately hymns, the words spoken from the Old Testament, the New Testament, that I had begun to understand Tillich's secular mind in all of its constant ambiguity. Years later, in New York City, at 36 East 1st Street, in St. Joseph's House, where Dorothy Day lived, I would hear her use that same phrase, uttering it with a memorable mix of awe, no less, and wry humor. I was tape-recording her comments, an effort on my part to learn about the history of the Catholic worker movement. I had spent some time during medical school in a Catholic worker hospitality house, but had never really come to a full understanding of that tradition, its intellectual and spiritual underpinnings. So I began to realize in the early 1970s, when I started talking at some length with Dorothy Day and pursuing the reading she suggested. During one of those meetings, she remarked upon her secular life and continued this way in amplification. I get so busy doing the things I want to do, love doing, that I forget to ask myself the why of it all. And I forget to ask myself what might be, what ought be, because I'm in the midst of doing, doing. Thank God for this wonderful secular life. But thank God for giving us a mind that can turn to Him to ask why and wherefore, as well as spend itself to exhaustion getting things done. Some people say to me, the secular mind is your enemy. I say, no, no. I say the secular mind is God's huge gift to us, 
for us to use for the sake of one another, and that way for his glory. Then those folks want me to explain myself, and I have to admit I get cranky, impatient. I want to get on with things, my secular mind working away. But then I'll just be stopped in my tracks. I feel something inside me wanting to express itself. It's me wanting to be on my knees before God and his mystery. That's when your secular thinking stops and your spiritual being takes a front and center place in your life. You're silent and your mind has left you, the you of this life, and it's gone elsewhere to meet the Lord, somewhere out there, don't ask me where, the secular having a brief time with the sacred. The next minute, it's all over. You're back here in full swing. So she put it, the complexity of our mind's life, the alternations of thinking and doing, of being this and being that.